interest in bedding the lovely Liza, whom he had met that past Sunday afternoon while watchdogging Teddy. Liza had not appeared to favor Teddy in any very particular way, so Donald counted on his clear head and physical vigor to outmatch his less stable junior. And since Donald was a handsome and purposeful man who stuck to small intakes of wine— a speculator would certainly have put his money on Donald. But like horse races, nothing is sure. Both men, having decided on dinner away from the Savoy, left the hotel between 7 and 7.30. Teddy Hogarth, at 10 after 7, walked a bit unsteadily, to be sure, across the street with the clouded idea of hitting a pub before he made his restaurant choice. Plenty of time on shipboard to turn himself into a teetotaler. Donald Lyman Smith, entirely sober, emerged from the hotel three minutes later. The doorman hailed a taxi. The taxi approached and slowed. Donald Lyman Smith reached the curb, took a step, stumbled, or was pushed, and found himself plunging forward into the street, his arms reaching wildly into space. A dark vehicle coming up behind the taxi whose driver was or was not, aware of Mr. Smith's lurching body, accelerated slightly, swerved, and with his left fender neatly hooked Mr. Smith at hip level. Mr. Smith, now attached to the automobile, continued in a contorted and flailing condition, a considerable distance down the street before rolling free. The driver of the dark car continued his way, then turned and disappeared into traffic while at the same time the doorman and several passers-by hurried to attend the damaged person of Donald Lyman Smith. Teddy Hogarth, however, now a block away, continued on his mutsy way, only looking up some twelve minutes later, when an ambulance, heading toward the Savoy, lights blinking, siren whooping, passed him. The lovely Liza Baum, who had not made either of the above two gentlemen part of her evening plans, closed her wheeled suitcase, zipped up her briefcase, inspected her passport and traveler's checks for the last time, then reached for the telephone, stabbed in a well-known number, Jean-Philippe, who had been absolutely super last month in Paris, should be over within the hour, and then they could think about interesting ways in which to spend their last evening together. Sarah Dean, U.S. citizen and teaching fellow at the State of Maine's Bowmouth College and future Ph.D., if all went well with her thesis defense next fall, knew that for her the beauty of ocean travel on a large cruise ship lay not in the joy of being a voyager on a floating resort with its promises of luxury unparalleled. It lay in the elementary fact of the vessel being on the water not in the sky, not jetting through the ether at 40,000 feet subject to all the ills that air travel is heir to, turbulence, wind shear, the hijacker, the dreadful conviviality of the seat neighbor who just loves to fly. Sarah, her short hair brushed into a shining dark brown cap, wearing her navy t-shirt and tan cotton skirt, sat at the wheel of the rental Ford Escort the morning following the unfortunate accident to Donald Lyman Smith. Sarah was cheerful. She hummed under her breath and drove toward the Southampton docks with the increasing sense of satisfaction at not being aloft on flight one-oh-something or other. Beside her sat her husband, Alex McKenzie. 
He was in a somewhat rumpled condition due to the exertions required in wrestling baggage out of last night's B&B second-floor room in Winchester into the automobile, and then, as a passenger, not a condition he submitted to easily, and during the crawl through heavy southbound traffic on a day of increasing warmth. Alex, possessor of dark hair, black brows, and thin slash of a mouth, considered by many friends to be a species of latter-day pirate, was a physician in ordinary life. He had flown to Italy some weeks before for a Lyme disease conference, but had been derailed by untoward events involving his wife and her aunt on the shores of Lake Como. Now he found himself the possessor of six free days and an Atlantic crossing on the new ocean liner called affectionately the Vicky. Alex, aware that when he returned to work he would pay in spades those doctors who...